Welcome to F Wonderful, the only Formula One podcast on the internet. <laughs> I'm Matt Jackson, and I'm joined, as usual, by Brian Bailey. Hello. Hello. It's yeah, pretty cool I, being I, one, I, the only thing of something, isn't it? Yeah, I know. Like, And like all the people that like say they have them but don't, I really hope we provoke them because that just sounds like fun. Yeah. Like all in <laughs> good fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because the Formula One, the official Formula One podcast is um is you know it's very produced it's very it's it's basically like a uh after show essentially yeah. and then the other one f uh what's called formula y which is their other podcast is just new this year so they kind of just got into the game well there's actually three there's beyond the grid which has oh, been around grid, since that's right. 2019 yeah. okay. and then yeah f1 nation and formula y there's th- yeah there's three now mm-hmm. yeah so it's fun and i've just been discovering more you know, YouTube channels and things like that, which I think would be a lot of fun to try to, you know, collab at some point in time with some of the people who are also kind of doing it, who don't have like a lot of followers and this kind of stuff. It'd just be kind of fun to get in and and, and geek out. Yeah. I mean, once they start, cause we're the only, literally the only ones right now. So, right. Since yeah. we're the only one. I'm really surprised no one else has tried yet. I know it's weird that nobody talks about it. Yeah. Right. It's as if no one cares. <laughs> <laughs> so okay so we just had monaco um and it was another one of those things where you'd see like 50 50 people talking about oh i hope it's not boring i hope it's not boring i just don't in my life understand how anyone could think it could be boring at any point in time i don't get it no i mean you know people say people say like monaco is can be processional which is true it can but also you've got like like the, the cars are quite big nowadays flying through the streets of Monaco. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I guess I just, I I'm that much of a fan. Like, you know, I, I just, I'm going to be in awe over it no matter what. But like, as far as like, if you want to call it, okay. If, if Monaco is ever boring, it was not boring this year. No, no. And it, it had everything that you would want just in any race, including weather and all kinds of stuff. Um, that was just wild, except that there was so much talk about weather leading up to practice but we didn't see it until the race in fact qualification quality was was very very dry and perfect conditions for for what you want for a qualifying session yeah it was funny like during the race martin brundle even said you know because he they were talking about what do the teams do do they stay on the dry tires long you know much longer than they plan to see if they have to go to enters or wets and he goes you know i've wasted so much time in the past thinking about what to do if it rains and then it doesn't rain. Right. But, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But no quality was good. It was like, I, I really like quality. Like I like it almost as much as the race. Cause like the cars yeah. on low fuel, everyone's just pushing. And I mean, it was a great, you know, especially Q3 was yeah. a great shootout. Well, I mean, not just Monaco too. I think I love quality. Like it's, it's one of my favorite things because of that reason, because they're going to drive faster, harder, and more aggressive in many ways than, than the race in, in every qualifying session. Yeah. And so that's what makes it really exciting. But Monaco in particular, because it has so much bearing on the race um, mm-hmm. and maybe so much more than, than any other of the, of the races. So Let's talk first about the most heartbreaking moment of all of quality was, was Checo hitting the wall that just broke my heart. It took the wind out of my sails, honestly. Yeah. I, I mean, 
yeah, when they showed it, and of course they always, you know, they showed it from the back. So all you can see is Oracle and, you know, you see the colors. I'm like, Oh God, yeah. that's a crunched up red bull. Why? Yeah. yeah. Why? And, you know, and unfortunately, I mean, no offense, but I knew immediately it was Checo. Yeah. <laughs> it's what he does. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It was such a bummer because man, he like, it's kind of his thing. Like, and I don't know if it's him pressure or if it's just his shitty luck sometimes. Cause he has like a really good run of races and then he'll have, like, and then he'll have something like this. Yeah. You know, it's already happened. Like he had a good first two races and then he had Australia, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't, yeah. That was such a bummer. It's like, oh, man, and like he clearly looks like, it looks like he just got distracted by the Alpine coming out of the pits, which. Yeah. There was a little bit of that for sure, but it's also, I think, you know, he, he had a lot to prove and yeah. coming into this race with having, you know, crushed it so many times already this year. And and they kind of were, were really touting him as the king of the streets and all mm-hmm. this stuff. And I think he just had a lot to prove and it just kind of turned out to, to kind of uh, screw him in the end. Um, but the funny thing was that uh, everyone was talking about the photo opportunity of the, photo, oh, yeah. the, the show and tell. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I imagine like Red Bull, like Christian and Helmet were more pissed that they lifted the car like a hundred feet in the air. So everyone got a nice good old look at their underfloor yeah. of the of the fastest car on the grid by far than him yeah. than him crashing. Well, and it it's funny because Monaco does everything just a little bit weird. You know, a Formula One is a lot like uh European football in the sense that there's just so much ceremony and so much unnecessary just things that go on. And granted, there's not a lot of places to take the cars necessarily on this track, but a crane lifting it a hundred feet in the air over the, the barrier and then into a grassy, you know, area seems a little bit much. Yeah. It seems a little bit like it was, it's not intentional because it's what they do, but it just seems too revealing to uh you especially when even even mercedes had to get lifted out lewis's car same thing everyone was taking a peek at that at the upgrades so it was almost like this weird sort of like lift the skirt for a second but there's nothing they could do about it yeah it's like this it just seems like it's 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 another grandiose thing about monaco Mm -hmm. but yeah it was they were lifting it up and again martin brunler goes oh red bull are going to hate this yeah yeah it's great it's like you know everyone's trying to beat red bull like oh by the way here's what we're doing yeah take a look at all the because i think that someone said maybe it was the race or i forget who it was that at least 50 percent of the downforce is coming from the underside of the cars this year which you know if you just flash back not that many not that many years ago it accounted for like 10 to 15 percent of the of the downforce so it's really interesting how important that part of the car has become yeah i think it's even more than 50 percent because that the whole yeah. reason they went to ground effects was to try to make the cars not so susceptible to the turbulence when all the when all the downforce was created by the, the rest of the body work and the wings and mm-hmm. sticky uppy bits as they call it yeah sticky uppy bits <laughs> uh but yeah i was like yeah I'm sure like they're like, uh, I'm sure they could not care. They could care less that he actually crashed and started P20. It was that, that yeah, because of him crashing, everyone got yeah. a nice big look, yeah, look up the skirt. And that's a, the thing is, you know, if it had been, uh, 
if it had been uh, Spain next week or, or, you know, one of the other more traditional tracks, Checo starting in 16th or 18th or what, you know, it's not, you're not going to be that worried about him making up places and at least getting points. Um, but in this case, you knew that it was sort of a, a death sentence for, mm-hmm. for Red Bull. Yeah. Cause yeah. On the one track where on most of it, the track's not wide enough to have two cars side by side. Yeah. And it almost seemed like they were using him as, uh, as just a testing ground for what to do with Max's car. I think they were strategy wise. Yeah. yeah. I, I think they were. Cause like it, they were just like, well, let's figure out some way to make this useful. Yeah, exactly. Let's, let's get some benefit from it somehow. Um, so it, what was so crazy though, was to see qualifying, happen that last couple of minutes where you're just seeing these cars flying well not even the last let's talk about like even the top top 10 you were seeing people in did you not seen before you know log crazy laps in monaco you got alex albon was crushing hulkenberg or not hulkenberg uh, magnuson you had some guys really driving really really well and then alcon comes in uh at the top and then alonzo flies in to take first and then max just yeah. creates magic out of nowhere. Well, out of basically was, one turn. Yeah, yeah, because he was he was yellow in the first two sectors, and then mm-hmm. he made up three tenths and the smallest sector of the track, which is, yeah, it's a turn, essentially. Yeah. Did you watch the side by side, the side by side graphics yeah. of seeing that it was just that one thing? See, the thing is that basically Max created turned that car into a slingshot. He was creating such tremendous force around the corners to pick up so much speed as he came around. It was really, I think every, I think everybody, even the people who have been you know, maybe negative on him or whatever, were just looking at this going, shit, this guy knows what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you you saw like Alonzo go and like lean down to Max's car when he's still in and you're like, yeah. You know, it almost seemed like Alonzo seemed like what I did was pretty great, but like respect. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And the thing is, it didn't have to do in that moment. It didn't have to do with whose car was better. It had to do with who knew exactly what to do. And the thing, I mean, the truth is Max could have put it into the wall a number of times in that last lap. Well, he did put it. He did hit the wall like on like like, coming out of the last turn. But I'm thinking like. That had to have took at least a tenth. So it's like if he hadn't hit the wall, I bet he would have went even faster. I bet the time uh, would have been the the sidewalls of his tires were wrecked. Yeah, and the tires themselves were wrecked as well. I mean, he drove that thing literally until the wheels were falling off, pretty much yeah. for that last lap. So it was impressive. Um, you know, would have loved to have seen Checo in third, uh, but. You know, seeing Esteban do as well as he did was was a lot of fun. Um, but then the race starts, <laughs> and next thing you know, Max and Alonso are, are like tw- fifteen to twenty seconds ahead of of Esteban, and so Esteban's just clunking along, keeping the rest of the field yeah. behind him the whole time. And I don't, I mean, no disrespect to him, it, he 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 ended in third. Congratulations, but really at the end of the day, like there was no chance for anyone else in that field barring, you know, crazy circumstances to get anywhere because he just was kind of trucking along in third and just kept himself there the entire race. Yeah. And he just, 
put his car in the right spots and no one could get around him. I mean, the thing is we had crazy circumstances. Yeah. Right. We'll get to that. But yeah, I mean, credit to him. Like he qualified well, he qualified on merit. I mean, there was no mm-hmm. rain or anything on no rain, no red flags you know, during quality. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, it's, you know, I let's, let's talk about Akon. Cause like, I feel like, and I have some people, other people have been saying this as well. It's like, I think we need to start like, taking him seriously because he's just kind of flies under the radar most most of the time yeah just kind of you know does his job but like when he gets like opportunities like that like you know obviously and they may not have happened if you know there weren't two, weren't two red bulls uh, but when he's presented with an opportunity i mean he usually takes it like i mean you know 2021 at uh hungary um mm-hmm. i can't remember I'm trying to think what happened to Max and Lewis, but they weren't involved. So, mm-hmm. and then Akon had to hold off Vettel like the whole time. And, you know, and granted the 2021 Aston Martin is not the 2023 Aston Martin. Right. But it was still a four-time world champion chasing you down. Exactly. Um, And, you know, and he's, and let me forget in 2020 and secure when Checo won in the racing point, Akon was on that podium. Yeah. And no one remembers that because because Checo won it. But like when he's like he don't he doesn't get it very often. But when when there's crazy circumstances or one of the top teams you know are fighting one handed with one car at the front, and he's presented mm-hmm. with opportunity, I mean he usually gets it done. So I mean credit to him. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. He, he's not uh, he, he's not a big personality. He looks kind of like a teenager still, um, and he's kind of flown under the radar because he's been driving on teams that didn't really have a tremendous amount of, of cachet or success. And, but the truth is that there's a reason why he got, you know, he, he was able to re-secure a seat, um, after being out and there's some serious skill there. And, you know, I think he might've been the one who had said something about how he just believes that that every driver in the field is capable of being a champion in the right car. And on us to a certain extent, I, I definitely agree with him. I would say at least top 10 probably have yeah. the opportunity yeah. to do that. But then there are, there's so much that goes into it in terms of teams, developing drivers, finding the right drivers and securing the person who's going to be their champion. Like Max, like Alonzo was, you know, like Vettel, like Schumacher, like they, you just, you find the guy and it becomes kismet and you just don't find kismet. I mean, Nolan Ryan was one of the greatest pitchers of all time and he never found his team. Mm-hmm. You know, he never won anything and it's not because he was bad. It's just because the kismet just didn't exist for him to get there. And so that's really what you have to have as a, as a driver in, in formula one, I think. Yeah. Cause you know, they say that's the top 20 best drivers in the world. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if all 20 of them are the best. I'd say 12 to 15 of them probably are at any given yeah. time, but yeah, it's, it's so much about, yeah, you gotta be, you gotta be a good driver, but yeah, it's gotta be obviously gotta be a good car. You gotta gel with the team. You gotta gel with the car. You gotta, you know, you gotta make wise decisions. You gotta, your team has to make wise decisions for you. Case in point mm-hmm. <laughs> Ferrari. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, there's so much that goes into it, but you know, there's, there's kind of, you know, there's the, there's the elite, the, you know, the Senna's, the Prost, the, you know, I uh, go and put Hamilton in there. Cause you know, I don't, you know, respect, 
Hamilton's, Alonzo's, Max, yeah. you know, and then then there's, you know, then there's the next guys. There's, mm-hmm. you know, the check. I mean, I love Checo to death, but he's not. I don't think he's one of the elite. He's a very good driver. You know, I don't so agree with that. I think he is. I, I really think that he just didn't have the chance. And I think I think there was something that didn't go well with him like middle or like early middle career. I don't know. But the thing is, though, the only reason I say that is because I think that there's a mindset for every champion that you have to have to really get there. And I think that the skill and the talent is there for him. He just hasn't broken through into what creates it in, in his mind that, which is why I think that he did so poorly this weekend was because he hit that upper limit where he just couldn't sustain the success and he needs to kind of like rebuild. See, I would put like guys like Hulkenberg in the, in the so-so category you know it's almost a guy who's just flown by the seat of his pants for so long and didn't realize how much more it took to get to that next level because when he came out he was kind of touted as the next guy right yeah i mean yeah and you know he's he's like you know a holgenberg i would call him a a safe pair of hands you know sure someone to drive the car not wreck it too often and grab points when they're when they're available you know Mm -hmm. You know, I kind of like what I would call like a meat and potatoes actor, you know, right. hits their marks, says a line convinced convincingly like they're not reading it. But that's about yeah. it. Nothing, you yeah. know, nothing transcendent coming from. Yeah. Mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, the thing with Checo, I mean, he did have that. He he was the replacement for Adam McLaren when Hamilton went to Mercedes in 2013. Right. He got dropped and then he went to uh, well, it was forced India at first. And then it turned into racing point and Aston Martin, but, and I think, you know, then he did not, you know, he didn't have the car. So he would just, you know, his job was to do well on tires and bag as many points as possible. It wasn't mm-hmm. a race winning car. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and he's definitely gotten, you know, his first season at Red Bull, he was, you know, he's got much, but he has made jumps every year. Mm-hmm. Um, but he just doesn't, you know, and, and maybe it has something to do with, yeah, what happened to him earlier his career. He just doesn't have that, like, like, you know, Max Lewis Leclerc to an extent, you know, he just, or, or Santa had, he just doesn't have that. He can't pull that extra five, 10% out of seemingly nowhere whenever it needs right. to get done. Right. He can do it if, uh, if Max isn't on the grid or, you know, there's like, there's moments in time, kind of like Esteban can win if the conditions are just perfect, but there's guys like, like Max and Lewis and, and, and Alonzo who just kind of will themselves into victory um, at certain moments and do things well. But that's the thing. We thought that that qualifying lap that Alonzo did was, was it, it was like, all right, well, he's winning the race. Because yeah. Max wasn't looking good, and then Max just pulls it out, and you're just like, "This guy yeah. is and out the of control." Three tenths in the shortest sector while hitting the wall. <laughs> right, right, right. It's crazy. So, you know, it's I crazy. just yeah, it's um, yeah, it's just a lot of them don't have. They can't just l- literally pull that extra five percent, five to ten percent out of thin air. Yeah, yeah. Well, so uh, that kind of leads me into uh, to talking about George Russell. You know, again. Mercedes was, you know, kind of a quiet, quiet clunker. Um, I've got the results up. 
you know, a fourth and fifth, but no one was talking about it. And, yeah. uh, you know, cause nothing was really happening back there, but there was a point in time in which George had signaled to his race engineer <laughs> that he thought that he should let, that they should let Lewis or that Lewis should let George pass because he had the five second penalty yeah. happening. And so if, if, so Lewis can let him pass, he'll stay, you know, within the five seconds so that he still places behind him, but their fourth, fifth is secured. And I can imagine the, the, the look on Toto's face when yeah. he heard that come through was just like, what, what are you talking about? Yeah. You're not fooling anyone, Georgie boy. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And the thing is a guy like Lewis and Max for that matter. And Fernando, they're never going to let the number two driver go through unless there's very good reason for it. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. It, the funny thing is that George's engineer, engineer says something like, well, you're already seven seconds ahead of Leclerc, so right. we think he you're okay. Way ahead of Leclerc, he was fine. Uh, he finished what, like, fifteen seconds or something yeah. behind Hamilton. So it just wasn't going to happen. Um, but I, the thing is, I admire the moxie because I yeah. don't have, I don't have the balls for that kind of a conversation. But I appreciate it when they do it. But at the same time, it's like Georgie, you're don't don't be asking to be passed through one of the greatest drivers of all time. Yeah, but let's talk about that for a second. Is George the number two? Mm. Well, I don't know. In Lewis's eyes, maybe you know. I well, mean, of I course, don't in think, Lewis's eyes, but yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't see them them putting him in in a place to win if Lewis can also win. Yeah, I think they're pretty like even level, but but also I feel like with George, it's like George. We you're here for a reason. You're you're the team's future, mm-hmm. but you know Lewis is still here. You'll yeah. get your chance, you know. But yeah. Uh, yeah. but you know he's you know because it's funny because last year when he first joined the team he was very very like you know all about uh all about Lewis and he like you know I'm partnered with the greatest driver and I would never do anything to you know he was very it was it was the point that's like. Get a room already, George. Right. Seriously, but yeah, but it's this is and he's like, yeah, guys, it's just to protect me. Just, just let me buy, but don't worry, I won't get more right. than five seconds ahead. Yeah, and it's it like, uh huh, sure you won't. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But also, I mean, it's one of those tracks that is just, just logistically speaking, is just dangerous to ask to pass, regardless, you know. Yeah. And so, just you know, it was it was funny, it was adorable. Oh. Um, but then, uh, so you'd mentioned Ferrari, so I wanted to like go there. Um, you know, people, Ferrari fans are very upset because yeah. their strategy across the board, it seems in every race for the last year and a half has just been bonkers and has worked out to the detriment of their team and their drivers. It's crazy. Well, that's how Lewis and George got ahead. They jumped them in the pits. Exactly. Again. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it, which happened last year too. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they were faster than Ferrari, not necessarily, but um, they just they got hosed again um, in in the pits, and it's just. I think that I had heard that there's some kind of a petition, like at change.org, to get rid of uh, the team principal of Ferrari. <laughs> already so mad. Yeah, already. <laughs> so, yeah, we're so mad. Well, well, it's like okay, we'll start on Saturday. They 
they kind of screwed Leclerc and not telling him, you know, Lando was coming up behind him. Correct. And he, they blocked him, you know, shut, you know, up and open a shut case. Mm-hmm. So they failed him there, you know, dropped him from third to six. And then, yeah. And then they kept telling signs to come in and then stay out, stay out. So I don't know if they were trying to dummy Akon, which I think maybe, maybe the first time they were, but like they did it like seriously four times. Well, there needs to be some kind of communication. Uh, that's why baseball has has signals, and that's why the quarterback has a direct line to the offensive quarter, uh, offense coordinator in football. Is like there's ways of saying things within sports that are I'm saying it or I'm not saying it, even though I'm saying it. And you could hear Carlos's uh, frustration on the radio of like, "What are you guys doing? Like, yeah. am I coming out? Am I not? What's going on?" There has to be a way to communicate that to your drivers and somehow like one of the oldest teams on the grid can't even talk, speak clearly to their drivers. It's wild. The oldest. Yeah. Yeah. The oldest oldest and probably, I know there's a budget cap, but like that has probably the most resources for the F1 team. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just historically speaking. And they're just bumbling it it's almost like the mario movie they're just screwing up at every corner it's ridiculous yeah and i uh i feel real like signs yeah i feel bad for leclerc because like man he just seems looks like a broken man well and once again with him just not doing well in monaco at what point in time are we going to stop talking about it being his home race and him being from it's just don't even we don't even need to talk about it anymore because this what was this his fourth in formula one or fifth? Uh, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. Oh, wow. So sixth. Six. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. So now we don't get, we don't get to talk about it anymore. It's just, you know, there's no use in discussing it as like his race or the race of, for him to lose. Or the because curse, Yeah he's already lost. <laughs> so yeah. it doesn't matter. You know, he finally finished again. He finished, finished twice in a row, but still just, I mean, you know, sixth isn't something to, to poo poo, but when you're the guy who's, who's expected to, to come through and do well. And it, at every turn, it seems like your car, or your team fails you. It's, it's pretty rough. Yeah. I, um, I, I know his dream is at Ferrari. Um, but I think if, if, at least a lateral move team seat yeah. opens up. I think it's time to make a change. Yeah, I agree. Personally. And I know that that's the, the dream team for so many drivers, but it's going to become less and less because I think after Schumacher, the, the generations coming up, um, they maybe see Ferrari as this legendary team, but it's almost because of Schumacher, because of the way that he sort of reinvented it um, in during that time period. And I just feel like the newer drivers just don't have that connection anymore. I think they have just as much. In fact, I think when, when we're looking at drivers in the next 10 to 15 years, they're going to be looking at Red Bull uh, as the team or, you know, or who knows, maybe uh, Aston Martin or Alpine, like there's going to be a different vibe mm-hmm. on the grid because of the bumbling nature of Ferrari in the last few years and the absolute dominance of some of the other teams. I think it's going to be don't fall <clears throat> into the trap of being romantic about Ferrari because everyone that goes there, look what happens. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so uh, race is underway. Things are happening. Um, and then old Lancy Pansy just wrecks the car and DNFs. How is it that the first couple of races, we thought that there was some real potential here. And now we're seeing one driver play second and one driver DNF or very, very, very low down. And Alonzo's still just crushing. Like what's going on with Lance? Is he getting in his own head? I don't, I don't know. Cause like I would bag on Lancey Pooh pretty hard, but then the beginning of the season, like, you know, he breaks his wrist and kind of just moves hella, you know? Yeah moves mountains to drive to get in the car i'm like okay so we got some commitment here i like this in the mm -hmm. first couple of races you know he was like not at F fernando's level but like he was he was in usually top six i feel like mm -hmm. which you know being the fact that there's you know what we we'll call them four top teams now at mm -hmm. least there's four teams that can fight for at least podiums every race right yeah for sure I, man i don't know i don't know if he's getting his own head or he just I don't know. He, he does this. He just, he has some, he has some flashes of brilliance and then he kind of just mostly treads around in mediocrity. I don't yeah. know. It, yeah. It's weird. And it's, it's, uh, it's, um, you know, we, I've always wanted to be positive on him and especially ever since, you know, it's become Aston Martin and everything. Cause I want him to do well. I just don't know if there's a world in which he can, I don't know if there's a world of which which Papa Stroll will, you know, ever not let him drive. But the problem is, is that if he keeps this kind of thing up, they're never going to be at the level they want to be at, um, because uh, because he's keeping his kid in the car. It's a it's yeah, a tough place to be. It's causing them to fight one handed. Yeah, one hand with hand tied behind their back. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. So. I the other thing though too is the the other dnf was magnuson right yeah, yeah. Uh, but it seemed like everyone was very confused because he wasn't i've heard even other podcasts talk about alonzo was or uh sorry that that lance was the only dnf and even during the broadcast no one was talking about him getting out of the car and walking out and i was just like i didn't know if something was going on with the coverage how that didn't get through but it was very clear to me that 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 uh, he was not going to be driving the rest of the race. It was weird. Well, yeah, I even, they even showed a shot of him out of the car in the garage with his helmet yeah. still on. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I wonder, I wonder if he did enough laps to be classified. Mm. I don't know what, I don't recall what like the rule is, but you don't necessarily have to get to like the checkered flag to be, to be classified, I guess. Right. Right. But yeah, I don't know. It's like, <laughs> I mean, he, he crashed the car two or three times. Like, right when he was still out there on slicks and everyone else was like on enters and is like, you're going to come in for slicks. No, we're going to keep going. Yeah. And <laughs> watch that thing. Just fishtail everywhere. Yeah. I saw, yeah. I don't know what that was about. It was kind of bizarre. Yeah. Super bizarre. But there was, it seemed to be, a, there seemed to be a disconnect between what we were seeing and what, what the guys in the broadcast booth were seeing at times. And that might've just been glitchy because this was the first year that F1 was covering the race mm -hmm. as opposed to Monaco's own uh, internal sort of uh, broadcasting thing. So there might've just been some growing pains or something like that, but it was just, it seemed disconnected. Yeah. It seemed weird. Um, but so you brought up the, the, uh, the tire change. So we saw some rain uh, start falling 
um, about two thirds through the race. And the fascinating thing and the thing that I love so much was I loved that Alonzo um, ducked in and went ahead and got another set of slicks because he was gambling on the fact that it was just going to stay dry and he might have had a chance to pull ahead if that was the case. I thought it was brilliant. Everyone seems to be saying that's why he lost. I don't think so. If it was why he lost, that's fine. But the opposite could have been true. It would have. Been, it could have been why he won as well, I think. Yeah, it was definitely a gamble because at that time, I don't think it was raining at every part of the track. Mm-hmm. So I think they were going on, well, two or three corners might be tough, but could probably still, but the rest of the track is fine. I can gain all the time back, you know, right. otherwise. Versus Max on, you know, enters the whole way. Uh, I don't, I can see it going both ways. I don't think it was a mistake and it cost him the race. I think, no, because in the end, he didn't really lose anything. He still, he, he was in won anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't think it was a mistake. I saw like, oh, they cost him the race. No, I think they just, I think they gambled and they quickly realized that that wasn't the gamble to make. And they brought him back in and put enters on. I don't, yeah. You know, I, I, when you're, when your opponent is in a superior machine, you know, I think you you have to try things, you know? So, Mm -hmm. and he did. And there was a certain level of conversation between the pit wall and the drivers. That was really interesting. This, this, race where there was a lot of talk about what do you think? Because a lot of times the pit wall is just going to tell them what to do. There is a lot of conversation, obviously, in what the driver wants, but this one seemed to be very much like it's up to you, especially between Max and his guy was just like, it was like, it's up to you, like whatever you think is best because you're out there, you're seeing one corner wet, one corner dry. So it was really interesting to hear some of that conversation and the sheer pandemonium on the radio when it was raining and not raining and raining and not raining, yeah. everyone was confused. No one knew what to do. Uh, and everyone just kind of had to make a choice and just go for it. But there was just so much confusion and whining. Lewis whining on the radio about the rain. It's like, complain to God, you yeah, dick. Like, like what are you worried about? Like, it's raining. It's raining for everybody if it's raining. Yeah, we're in the same boat. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you, man. Yeah. You've raced in the rain plenty. That guy's a lot sometimes. Um, So we're in this carnage, this confusion. Things start to dry up. And they had mentioned on the broadcast that the in between the inters and then, and then the C3, I think was what they were using. uh, That would have been the next, the heart next hardest tire that there is a, a full five second difference between the two tires, you know, in normal conditions, which is wild to think that the tire it just, you know, one compound can make that sort of difference. Well, I guess inter's not really one compound. That's, I guess, is more like three, right? Because it would be the, it would be a harder tire than the C5 or C6. Yeah, I think they're hard. But the funny thing about inters is that if you wear them down, they turn into slicks and go mm. faster. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Uh, okay. what was, was it race in 2021 where that happened? Hmm. And they all stayed on inters long enough and just let them wear down to slicks and they started going faster. But yeah, yeah, I think that's why, like, if if the track starts to dry out, they hope they can get to the point where they can get to slicks because they'll go a whole hell of a lot faster. Yeah. Yeah. The tire strategy is endlessly fascinating for me. I love, yeah. I love how it works and how 
to start because they started Alonzo out on the on the hardest of the weekend to begin with, with mm-hmm. the kind of the the idea of taking him the longest that they could. You know, it didn't work out because Max was just I mean, he was 15 seconds ahead, you know, by like lap 21 or something like that. It was it was bonkers. Um, and then ultimately the thing is like, so if you look at the list, uh Max had lapped everyone in the top nine. Yeah. That's how much faster he was. And let's just throw it out there that George Russell was 56 seconds behind Max. Tack on another 20, 20 seconds, and he would have lapped the guy who was in P5. Mm-hmm. That's insanity. Like what? I don't even I don't even know how to quantify a driver who's that good, you know? Just one of the, they keep calling him a generational driver. I don't know. He just he's I think you know he's able to you know he he sets up his car in a way that is faster because they when the car is they always say he he's comfortable with a car that's on the nose which means mm. the you know it steers really quick and easy and the but that makes the ass end loose and he's right. able to he's and that's a faster way to drive the car but it's harder mm. you know so I don't know if it's confidence his feeling in the car I don't know he's just you know he's he's one he's a you know, up there with the Senos and all that. He's just yeah. stupid fast. Well, I think the ass end being loose is what he likes. It seems yeah, like he does. Yeah. Yeah. He enjoys that and it goes well. But I was just looking at the times going, he lapped everybody. I mean, granted, I, I mean, I get it. I, you know, it, they, they have to let, let him through. It's, it's part of the, part of the gig, but, um, but science was eighth and he was the only, you know, he was the, the last driver to not get lapped. And, that's a pretty, pretty crazy accomplishment to be thirty seconds ahead of the guy who placed second. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. I think he lapped Checo twice. He did. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Checo. It was granted. Checo was caught yeah. behind. You know, he couldn't. He couldn't use the car's performance because he was just in a train and couldn't yeah. get passed. But. Yeah. But so last week we had you know made some predictions and and we had kind of talked about a dark horse and you know the dark horse I talked about was Lando and it seemed like he he really did kind of have have a pretty good race um you know at P9 but the thing was and you know Piastri and P10 so you had McLaren 910 which is which is cool but when they both got off I mean the talk that they had with reporters was just like they were they were just beaten down the whole mm-hmm. race. It was the worst race ever. And I don't know if that was just them trying to throw a curveball at the press or if they just really hated it that much. I don't know. Lando tries really, really hard to toe the party line. Yeah. And he's like always like, you know, he's doing the honest thing. I was like, yeah, we're not going to do great. We're not fast here. Mm-hmm. But this year he seen, he's doing that, but he seems really pissed off about it. Yeah, for sure. Pissed off, upset. Um, he he is doing a good job of sort of of towing the line, but at the same time, you can tell that he's that he's he's just just not happy with what's going on. Yeah, because he you know he's this is what his fifth year now. Yeah, and he's probably just worried his career's slipping away and he's being held back, which he's right as far as I'm yeah. concerned. Yeah, yeah. I mean. I- from where they're at, nine and ten in Monaco. I mean, that's a double points finish. Yeah, that's only three points, but still. From where they're at, you know, in a race where it's damn near impossible to overtake, I think that's pretty good considering, you know, they started at least the first couple races, they were the slowest car. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I don't, I don't know. And it's just a bummer. Like I, you know, it's uh McLaren better do something to make him happy and they better do it quick. Yeah, for sure. Well, before we wrap up uh, the, the convo on Monaco, I think the last thing to say is, you know, there's so much talk about not being able to be able to overtake because um, the track's the same size, but the cars are bigger. There is a bit of a move, I think, to make the cars smaller um, in into uh, into the next few years, uh, not necessarily for Monaco, but it just will kind of benefit that race a little bit. Um, I don't see it as a detriment, though, because there's, you know, 20 some other races where the cars get to do what the cars do and this is just unique in so many ways and just leave it alone. Let it be. That's what I think. It's fun. It's fun for a lot of reasons. And one of those reasons is because you got to do damn good job in qualifying and your team has to be on point. Yeah. I mean, I, I just think it's, it's a unique race and everyone just needs to be okay with that. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I agree. All right. Well, let's uh, grab another beer. And then we'll come back and talk about España. 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 What are you drinking tonight? Uh, Just Boston lager. Nothing's fancy. Uh, That's a classic, though. It's one you know, you have it and you're like, oh, yeah, I like this. I forgot. Yeah, it's just kind of a it's a a good like go to. Yeah, for sure. I just I'm bored to death of IPAs. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, that's like all craft breweries do anymore is IPAs. Yeah. It's insane. I mean, I well for whatever reason, I'm on an IPA kick at the moment. Um, but I've been drinking, which is super way out of character in a way, like the juicy IPAs, which has been like really, they're like fruity and sort of like floral. Probably maybe just because it's like summertime, it just tastes delicious. But I like sweet, like Belgian beers and stuff too. So that's probably part of the reason why. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm kind of, it's weird. I've kind of gotten over the fancy beer thing in a way. Yeah. Yeah. It can get, it can get old after a while for sure. Yeah. Um, all right. So Espana is coming up next week. So double header before we had, uh, you know, it was going to be a triple header if Imola had actually happened. Um, but with it being, uh, you know, just a double header, I went back and watched um, just the highlights of last year. Um and it was an interesting year last year. Saw a lot of drama, a lot of things happening, you know, <laughs> not most notable of which was Ferrari screwed the pooch, you know, yet again. <laughs> yeah. With Leclerc's car sort of like, uh, you know, the power unit blown up or whatever the heck happened. It just, it was, um, and I believe that Leclerc was, I think he qualified on pole too. Yeah, he was on pole, even, yeah made it even worse um so uh but you know last year was a one-two finish for red bull and um i mean science still came in fourth, so it wasn't a total total meltdown in ferrari but the thing is you know you would think that things have changed but for ferrari but just (laughs) it doesn't feel like it it really has at all no you'd think after they screwed the pooch a bunch of times last year they would you know they (laughs) they they would you know get it together but it seems like you know they haven't really yet Mm-mm, not really it's crazy um and yeah uh, george 
at third and Lewis at fifth last year. So things were looking up. So, you know, uh, but last year there was still, it seemed like there was still more of a competition between, you know, Max, Checo, George and Lewis. Like it felt like it was Red Bull, Ferrari and Mercedes still at that point uh, Mm -hmm. last year was really just kind of the competition. Um, It wasn't, didn't seem like a runaway train quite like it does um, this year. Uh, but this will be the first week that we get to see Mercedes's um, upgrades kind of in full force, though. I think that's going to be exciting. Yeah, I, um, I'm, I'm curious because like there, I feel like there was points where Lewis was like, oh, this week, yeah. Granted, Monaco is not a good barometer, literally at all for for upgrades, especially a significant one like what they did. But I, I there were points where Lewis was like, oh, this car is really hard to drive, mm-hmm. but. And then other points, it seems like he was happy, you know, mm-hmm. like there was promise. So I'm, yeah, I'm really curious to see how it goes. Um, they've been playing it down. It's like, oh, we're not suddenly going to be competing with Red Bull. You know, this is right. just really, this is, this is, this is really essentially what we should have started with last year. Yeah. You know, now we're a year, you know, almost basically a year and a half behind still, yeah. you know, in development. So. Yeah, but I think it's going to be cool to see kind of what happens. And also, um, I didn't really dig deep into it at all. Maybe I hope you know more than I do, but it seems like there have also been some improvements to the to the track in Barcelona this year. Yeah, they got rid of, uh, if I have a snack crew, they got rid of the final chicane before you go down the straight. Okay. They're calling it the old configuration is what they've been calling it. So I think it's just another corner right there. It's like a fast corner, if I'm not mistaken. I've tried to look it up. It seems kind of ambiguous, but yeah, there used to be like a pretty slow chicane before you go down the, you know, the pit straight and that's gone now. Okay. I think also Spain, I guess, has not really been particularly known for overtaking. So that's why they changed it, trying to get more overtakes. Mm Hmm. Yeah, which makes sense. And for a track like this, I think that's a that's a good idea. So I think it's going to be um, the first chance, uh, you know, now in a while, I guess since Miami, really, but um, to see what what Red Bull can do um, versus what uh, any of the improvements that you know Aston Martin, Ferrari, mm-hmm. and, and Mercedes have have put in their cars. Yeah, because they. I mean, I think everyone was bringing upgrades to Emola and. Yeah. I think I think pretty much everyone just pushed it to Monaco, but again, Monaco is you know you learn nothing really. Yeah, yeah nothing for. I mean, the suspension's different, the 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 height of the driver is different. There's just so much different about that. Um, that uh, you know that they that they do in Monaco as opposed to elsewhere. Um, but that said, I don't think anyone doesn't expect Red Bull to be pretty dominant this weekend. Yeah, I, I think I think it's pretty much yeah, Red Bull's gonna be up there. It's just who 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 is gonna be closest to them this weekend. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um so uh you know, last year we had uh Max and Checo one two. Well, let's start with with our pole position uh thoughts. What do you think? I think Max, I think Max is going to put it on pole. I'm going to go boring this week. You know, um, yeah. uh, we you know we haven't visited you know too many like other than other than Bahrain. Have we actually even been to another track that's like a permanent track? I don't. Right. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, 
it was what was Bahrain and what was the race two? Um, it was oh, that was Saudi Arabia. So no, that's a street yeah. track. Yeah, street track. Um, and then you know, Miami. Yeah, half so, and half. Yeah, except in the parking lot of the stadium, yeah. essentially. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Leclerc to get a Baku, but he hasn't been really challenging for pole that much. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be Max personally. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, it's a permanent track. Um, if it was a if it was a street track, you know, I'd I'd put the hex on Checo and was like, oh, Checo might be up there, but I think it's going to be Max pole. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of think it's going to be a you know a Red Bull stronghold this weekend, personally. Yeah, I think so too. I, I definitely Max on pole, and I and I think, but I think we're going to see one, two, three. I will say Max, Checo, and Leclerc. I think that I think if Charles keeps it together, I think he'll. The dude drives like a maniac when he gets a chance to really put the pedal down and I think he'll, he'll do it. So I'm going to give him, I'm going to give him third place. Yeah. I, I could be okay with that. Yeah. Um, I kind of think it's going to be our, our standard podium. I think it's going to be max Checo Alonzo because Alonzo mm-hmm. is just kind of like on such a run of form right now. Um, yeah. And that car is quick and they brought upgrades too. So we'll see what yeah. happens. Um, yeah, let's can we talk about Leclerc for a second? We're gonna deviate yeah, a little bit, but like sure. you know, they say that like Leclerc he wrecks too much and that he's trying he tries too hard to drive the car beyond its limits and that right. he needs to like back it down. And normally I'd agree, but like he is one of those drivers that like can pull that little extra out of thin air. Mm-hmm. Um I don't think he's bloodthirsty enough if that makes sense yet, like right. like Max is. And you know the other greats, but he is able to kind of drag that Ferrari around and mm-hmm. kind of you know he does tend to be able to make that thing do th- that car do things that maybe it's shouldn't be able to do, and and because of that he crashes a bunch. But like I don't know with Leclerc, I almost I hate to I almost don't want to like anybody to squash that you know right that that b- ability to just like ring ring the car's neck and make take it beyond what it's a- capable to do yeah so yeah yeah he crashes a bunch but man he's trying he's yeah. trying so hard and he is like a batter he's like a baseball player who has a natural swing versus yeah. the guy who got who got his swing built and manufactured yeah. over years and years and every coach along that 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 hitter's life has said, "Do not touch his swing. Yeah, it's perfect. Let him do what he does. He might strike out a lot, but he also hits a lot of home runs. And that's, I think, that's who Charles is. Yeah, it's like it's like you know, leave him alone. Yeah, he cra- he crashes a bit, but he also can bring some magic. So it's like, let's just we'll fix the car. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We yeah, can, we can like, fix the car. Yeah, he's he's able to. He we're not giving him the car to win and get pulled but he somehow does it occasionally so just leave him alone yeah we'll 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 bring spare parts it's fine yeah yeah absolutely uh okay so and then finally who do we see as a dark horse in the top 10 who's going to get into that top 10 that uh we wouldn't expect um this time around Ooh, it's gonna get the top 10 um yeah i gotta go with albon oh nice okay that's good yeah i always want to vote for him yeah, like yeah. I was watching another YouTuber today, and it's just like 
he called he's this guy is british but you know tomo f1 channel he's he's really good he's like he's, he's like he's he's just a top bloke a top bloke yeah you know he's <laughs> definitely he's you know he's doing similar he's doing russell like things in that williams yeah and he man he's just he's again able to do things with that car that it's really not cape should not be capable of doing so yeah i think i think yeah i think i feel like albon is gonna is gonna get a top 10 i think he's do, nice. do one i love it yeah. yeah i think that he deserves uh he deserves a seat in you know a mid-team i think you know like McLaren or Alpine or something like that. I mean, just would be cool to see him driving a car with a little bit more potential. Although at the same time, I mean, who knows where Williams could be in the next, you know, three to five years uh, with their sort of new direction and everything. But, um, but I was going to give it to uh, Botas. I think that I would love to see him, you know, creep up there and do something. And this is a race that if he qualifies well enough, I think he can make his way up there. Um, it's, it's a bummer because to be on the team that he was on and, and doing the things he was doing to be on a team that's all but forgotten. Is yeah. Bummer, I, you know, but I think he'll, I think he'll get in the top 10 this week. That's gotta be like, he seems to do okay with that. He doesn't, yeah. I mean, at least publicly, he doesn't seem all that bothered that he was, you know, on the team that won the, the, the constructors eight years in a row. Yeah. And was guaranteed, you know, was, I want to say guaranteed, but it was like, knew he was going to get at least a couple wins a season, you know? Yeah. And yeah. to go to a team that like kind of can't get out of their own way sometimes. Yeah. But he seems to do okay with it. Like surprisingly, you know, like say, at yeah. least publicly. Yeah. You know, I think maybe- he's happy. I don't think he was always happy at Mercedes. And so I no. think that he's happy just kind of doing his thing, driving and making a lot of money. That's all he yeah. has to do. You know, because he always, you know, he always said at Mercedes, it's like he was always on one year contract. So he's like, so the knife was always at my throat. Yeah, exactly. And uh, now he can just relax and drive and there's really no expectation. He's almost just kind of helping the team get better yeah. along the way. And he can kind of just ride off into the sunset and, you know, have a mullet and mustache. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's all he needs. He can basically turn Australian. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, this is uh, it's great. I'm excited. I, I'm just ready. You know, I don't think that I, uh, Every year I get more excited about the races that are a little bit different, you know, like in terms of Monaco's the big one. Of course, our, our, our races in the States are big ones, but Spain's just a race. It's just get in there and just go. And mm-hmm. I'm just excited to, I get more and more excited about um, every race kind of, kind of every year, every week. Yeah. I mean, there's the normal F1 circus, but there's no like added pageantry with Spain. I don't think, right. you know, so yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. just excited that, you know, I don't. I haven't had to wait two weeks between races. So, yeah, I know. It's so nice. Um, oh, we didn't mention one last thing, and that was Martin Brundle's, the old Brundle monster and his his silly uh, grid walk is one of my favorite things about Formula One in so many ways. Now, he didn't have too many uh, blunders this week, except that he got yelled at by a Red Bull guy as he was trying to go in and talk to Christian, did you hear that? No, I didn't. What? <laughs> so Martin's going up trying to talk to Christian and this guy is holding him back and saying, he said something along the lines of, you know, oh man, I can't, you can't, you can't, I'm going to get in a load of shit. And <laughs> was, I think he even said fucking shit. And Martin goes, um, we're live. 
And then the guy <laughs> just kind of moves out of the way and Christian's right there because Christian wants to talk. He's happy. He's a good yeah. guy. And in his Martin Brundle, like, I don't understand how these people don't know at this point in time who he is and you just let him through. Just let him talk. Yeah. He's the guy in the grid that he's he's allowed to go wherever he damn well pleases. Yeah. I mean, he's a legend in the sport and a legend to us as new people because of his awkward grid walks, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, and he like literally stands in the middle of the street as the cars are going by. He's a maniac and I love it. And it's just hilarious to me that people still try to like, keep him back from talking to him. Yeah, no. It's hilarious. Well, that was the funny thing, which a similar thing, you know, happened at Miami when they were, mm-hmm. I, who were they, who was he trying? I can't remember who they were trying to get, but Martin Brunel talked to Federer. Someone. Yeah, Roger Federer. Yeah. yeah. So Martin Brunel wanted to talk to him, and like he's like he couldn't get to him. So Jackie Stewart. I mean, you know who Jackie Stewart is. Yeah. Yeah. Again, another legend. Another legend. Yeah. And can should be have carte blanche to do whatever he damn well pleases. So Jackie Stewart's like, I have I have a blank check. I'll go get him. And then security like escorts Jackie Stewart out. I'm like. Anybody know who this guy is? I know. It's so crazy. Like, you don't tell him no. Yeah. You just let him do whatever he yeah. wants. It's weird. But it's, again, it's one of those um, silly European, like, what, you know, just the rules and regulations around things are just ridiculous. But, I mean, you've already got Selena, Selena, uh, Serena <laughs> Williams and all these crazy people just walking around on the grid. Let Jackie Williams go underneath a barrier. Or Jackie Stewart go underneath yeah. the barrier every yeah. now and then. It's it's okay. It'll be fine. Yeah. But yeah, but I'm sure like Christian to his team guy, it's like, you know, appreciate you trying to protect, you know, the team and whatever we got going on. But like smart and Brundle. Yeah. Like, yeah. Let him He's, through. Yeah. Yeah. He he He's can talk to me. Monster. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. 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 He can talk to me. It's fine. <laughs> I gotta go find that clip now. Yeah, yeah, I gotta go find that. It's fine. I watched I watched the race live, so I didn't. I woke up at like five fifty five in the yeah. morning, five minutes before the race started. So I didn't. Yeah, it was fun to watch it a little bit later in the day, just because like it could kind of pick and choose what to watch. You know, didn't it was it's such a build up to the race that I didn't. I was ready to just watch the race. So I yeah. think we watched like maybe like a half an hour leading up to it. Um, and stuff without you know any interviews and stuff like that because I was just I was just ready. Ready to go. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. Well, we're going to have a good time again this weekend. Looking forward to Espana. Yes. And uh, we'll uh, we'll see you guys. Uh, see you guys next week for a recap of Spain. Look forward to it. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>